start meeting people now. <laughs> find that meetup. You can't find one if you can't attend one in person right now. Find a virtual meetup. Start a meetup. You need to know people. You absolutely need to know people. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we are speaking with Nicole Heasley. Nicole, how are you doing today? I am wonderful. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Oh, absolutely. And Thanks for taking the time to join us. So a little bit about Nicole. She has four years of real estate investing experience and currently owns three rentals. She's from Boardman, Ohio, and you can say hi to her at HeasleyHomeBuyers at gmail.com. Last name spelled H-E-A-S-L-E-Y. So Nicole, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Absolutely. I graduated from Kent State University in 2015. And I got a job with a large REIT that owns, redevelops, and manages outdoor retail shopping centers. So I was looking to move from Kent to Cleveland, and I didn't know the area that well. 
and I was going to get an apartment and a roommate. And my dad said, why don't you get a house and let someone pay your mortgage for you instead of paying someone else's mortgage? And I thought, okay. So FHA loan, three and a half percent down. And fortunately, Northeast Ohio is a very affordable place to live. So for less than five grand, I was able to get into a three bedroom house. I lived near the Cleveland Clinic and, and some universities. And I rented out the spare bedrooms in my house for three years. And then of course I was getting commercial real estate experience doing accounting work and short-term leasing for the REIT that I was working for. And I kept going from there. The original plan was to pay down my student loans, but then once someone paid my mortgage for me, I was like, can I find someone to make my car payment also and maybe pay down a vacation and put some money in my retirement account? Once you get that first check, you're kind of hooked. So instead of taking that money and paying down my student loans, which I should have done, kind of, I went ahead and bought more properties. I bought two more properties over the next three years. Now I'm out of that house in Cleveland, so I have three rental properties. Perfect. Are all three of those single family homes? They are all single family homes, one in the Cleveland area, two in the Youngstown area. Let's talk about the numbers on the first deal. So you got it for less than five grand down. So what was the purchase price? And then maybe tell us, I know this is kind of like the house hacking strategy, but typically when you hear of house hacking, it's a duplex. So you live in the other one, whereas here you were kind of renting it out. People are all living in the same unit, basically. Right. Maybe walk us through for people who want to house hack a single family home, some of the things to look out for when finding roommates, basically. <laughs> Absolutely. So it never occurred to me. I didn't know that I was going to fall in love with real estate. Remember, I'm fresh out of college. I've got this accounting degree. I originally wanted to be an English teacher, but I figured out, well, they don't make a lot of money. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I was just Mm -hmm. kind of following whatever doors I could kind of kick open. So I had already been living with roommates in college for the past five years. What was another year or two? So it didn't seem weird to me to share a bathroom and a kitchen with someone because I had already been doing that for so long. And I had also already lived with strangers before. You figure in a dorm, you're kind of living with a stranger, but also there was a summer where I was kind of between houses. My one friend, we were moving out of our apartment. I was going to move in with some other friends three, four months later. So I had to go to Craigslist and find some roommates and find a place to live for three or four months. And I didn't die. (laughs) I didn't get scammed or killed or robbed or any (laughs) of those things. The person in a public place. I scoped out their social media to make sure they said they went to Kent State. So I made sure I saw some pictures of them around campus or wearing a Kent State sweater or have connections that that are also at Kent State. I could have taken it a step further and run a background check on them, but I didn't go that far. So I had some experience to rely on to tell myself I can keep doing this even though I'm not in college anymore. And again, with the Cleveland Clinic nearby, I had a lot of nurses live with me. I had a lot of medical students live with me. I also had a teacher and a social worker. So I had just young professionals come and live with me. And same thing. We met at a public place. We scoped each other out on social media. I made sure someone was present when they came and saw my house for the first time. They usually brought someone with them to come see the house for the first time. And I never had an issue with it. Not once. You also want to get to the numbers. I'm sorry. So I bought yeah. that 1088 and I put three and a half down. So I got them to pay for my closing costs. I didn't pay closing costs. I just had the down payment really. So it was just that three and a half down on 1088, which would probably be between three and four grand, mm-hmm. I think. 
three bedroom house. Obviously, you live in the master suite. I'm assuming. <laughs> How I much didn't. did you- I took the smallest bedroom because I could get more rent out of the two larger bedrooms. That's smart. So, what were the two rents you were able to get? I started out at five twenty five a month per room, utilities included. I did want the garage space. If I'm going to buy a house, I want a space because we get a lot of snow. I want a garage space. If I'm giving up the extra bedroom, I at least want a covered car. So whoever rented the other side of the garage paid an extra 25 bucks a month. And then every time someone would move out once a year, I would up that number by five bucks a month. So I think at the end, I was making close to $1,100 a month and my payment was a thousand. Perfect. That was my last question. What was the payment? So basically cash flowing hundred bucks a month while What's having free rent. There? Yeah. While having free rent. Exactly. So when you moved out, you rent your room, rented out the other garage space. And then what did you do from there? Had you already had those two properties or did you house hack again? No. The second property was funny. My dad also caught the real estate bug and he decided that he wanted to try to flip a house. And he did pretty good for it being his first flip, but he finished a lot later than he thought he was going to. So he finished around August, got it up on the market. Someone buys it. Then they decide that they're going to go buy a car and they lose their financing. At this point, it's probably October and no one moves in October in Northeast Ohio. So he he pulls it down from the market because he doesn't want people going on Zillow or the MLS and seeing 300 days on market. And he keeps telling me, you should buy this house. You should buy this house. Well, I had loaned him my savings money to do the flip. And I said, dad, you have all my down payment money. So what he did was he added my name to the title. I took out a home equity line of credit on the property and I paid him out with that. So that was property number two. Property number three was actually the house that I grew up in. My dad was driving down the street and saw that it was for sale. We looked it up. The price was right. We went ahead and did 20% down and just bought it conventional. It was already fixed up, ready to go. So for the deal you bought from your dad, a single family home again, and then did you rent that out? What was the rent and what was your monthly payment? My monthly payment, because it's a home equity line of credit, is $250 a month and my rent is $740 a month. Now that doesn't include taxes and insurance. I think because it's a home equity line of credit, it's not all in one payment like a mortgage would be. I think my taxes are maybe $35 a month and insurance is around $70, $75. So let's see, all in. I'm getting about three fifty a month out of that house. And then for the childhood home, that's pretty cool. What did you buy it for? So you said it was already turnkey. So you just bought it, rented it. What yeah. was the monthly payment? What was the rent? I bought that for forty nine nine. That payment is four hundred a month, and that's including taxes and insurance. And I get eight seventy five a month out of that, including pet rent because she has a little Yorkie. Now, Perfect. also, I am not including maintenance, vacancy. I always put away at least thirty five percent a month for vacancy, for repairs and maintenance. My dad is my property manager, so he gets that fee each month as well. Is that $35 per month? 35%. 35%, okay. So 35% for PC reserves. And then how much do you pay your dad to manage the properties? 10%. 10%, okay. Pretty standard how, for the industry. How do you find these deals? So the second house was a rental that my dad's friend owned. And he was losing his renter and, and he was going to get rid of it. And my dad saw the potential there. So, so he found that deal off market. And then, like I mentioned, because my father is local, he saw the second deal just driving down the street, happened to see the for sale sign in the yard. What we're finding now, now that people know that we're doing this and they know we're doing it well, 
people are starting to come to us when they know someone who, who wants to get rid of a house. We also have built up a pretty good network in the area, other investors, other agents, just from networking. So occasionally I'll get a message from someone who will say, hey, I saw this. It looks like something that you guys like to own. Just wanted to send it your way in case it interests you. Nice. And then how did you build that network? Just by doing these deals or are you doing stuff outside of just these deals, like attending meetup groups and stuff? So one, I'm on Bigger Pockets. I try to get on there every day, at least 15 minutes, chat on the forums, et cetera. I started attending meetups in Cleveland. And then once I left Cleveland, I started my own meetup in Youngstown. I've joined real estate groups on Facebook. And I just tell people, I talk to people about what I do. Now, since my nine to five job has always been real estate, and it still is, I'm not at the REIT anymore, but I'm working mm-hmm. for a company that produces property management software. So I've kind of always been surrounded by real estate people. And I just tell people what I do. I talk to them when I'm looking at a property, when I'm buying a property. I just talk to them about my activity. I tell them about the meetups. When I come into work the next day, what did you do last night? Well, I went to a real estate meetup. Sometimes I'd go to them on my lunch breaks when there wasn't a quarantine. Yeah, that's really nice because I know a lot of people who work full-time jobs and do real estate on the side can't really talk about it at work or are afraid to talk about it at work. So that's nice that you're able to do that. When I switch jobs, it's such a part of my personality. If I didn't talk about real estate, that would take up most of the things that I have to talk about. So I kind of felt things out when I interviewed for my current position and they were really enthusiastic about my real estate endeavors. So that was a green light for me. Perfect. All right. So for someone who hasn't bought a property before, maybe just graduated from college or just got out of high school, I guess, what would be your best real estate investing advice ever to that type of person? Start meeting people now. (laughs) Find that meetup. You can't find one if you can't attend one in person right now find a virtual meetup, start a meetup. You need to know people. You absolutely need to know people. What's one tip you'd give to someone who wants to start their own meetup? What's the first thing that they need to do? Or not that, what's one tip you have for them to create a successful meetup that lasts a long time is not just a few meetings and then it kind of fizzles out? Consistency. So we hold ours at the same place on the same date every single month. It is the second Wednesday at every month and it's a local bar restaurant and we are there every single month without fail. We try not to move it ever. Perfect. Okay, Nicole, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you looking to earn passive income through turnkey rental properties? If so, then go check out hipsterinvestments.com. Allie Boone's the founder of Hipster Investments. It's a aesthetically pleasing website and you'll know what I mean when you go check it out. I just love the color palette. In addition to that though, Allie has some wonderful content on both passive investing through turnkey rental properties as well as how to design your life. Go to hipsterinvestments.com. Okay, what is the best ever book you've recently read? So I'm going to say, um, gosh, it just floated out of my head. Shoot, what's Scott Trench? Do you know which one I'm talking about? Scott Trench, CEO of Bigger Pockets. It's a wealth building book. Is it called Set for Life? Yes, thank you. Thank you so okay. much. <laughs> I just Googled it. Set for Life has been really, really helpful. It pushed me to make a job change. But I'm also going to say 
for people who are, are quarantined and they're thinking this is the worst thing ever and, and their life is over and this and that, read the diary of Anne Frank because you want to talk about being trapped somewhere and, and being in a really, really dire circumstance. It could be worse. And you need that attitude adjustment. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Start rebuilding it. <laughs> I'd get on board with my network and I would talk to them and I would say, hey, what do I do? And I have some awesome people in my life who would help me figure it out. Well, I'm going to ask this question and then I'm going to ask a different one to kind of throw you off balance a little bit, but I think you'll be able to answer. But I go, what's your best ever way to give back? To the real estate community? It could be that. It could be other communities or something in general. But if you want, you can answer it based off of giving back to the real estate community. It's like charities, things like that. I would say, I think real estate investors are overlooked as an asset to the community because when they fix up a property, they improve the value of that property. They're also improving the value of all the properties around them. So I think that just by being someone who cares about their properties, you inherently give back to a community by someone who makes sure that the paint looks good, that the lawn is mowed, that the roof is intact, that people have a safe, clean, habitable place to live and affordable. That in itself gives back to the community. That being said, I also try to just stay involved when new people have a question about real estate, even if it's a question that is asked all the time on bigger pockets or that other people might get annoyed with. I just try to take the time and, and answer those questions because we were all new once. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is a unique question, which I, I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier. And I should definitely add this to the lightning round, but okay. what's your best ever way to stay sane during the quarantine? Running and getting outside. How many miles do you run at a time? Usually around three and a half to four. I try to do that every other day. But I used to do a lot more, and I'm trying to use the quarantine to increase that. But taking on old hobbies that you maybe forgot about or starting mm -hmm. new ones. Perfect. And Zoom. <laughs> Zoom meetings. <laughs> there you go. All right, then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? Probably LinkedIn or Bigger Pockets. Perfect. So you just search Nicole Heasley on LinkedIn or Bigger Pockets. Well, Nicole, thanks for joining us today and walking us through your journey to three rental properties. So we talked about your first deal that you did with the FHA 3.5% down loan, single family home. You rented out two of the rooms as well as the garage space and ended up moving out, uh, eventually renting out that third room. And you gave us some tips on how to find roommates, some of the best practices for living with strangers. Second deal is a house your dad actually flipped and you were able to buy by taking equity from your first deal to buy that. So we talked about the number on that deal. Third deal is your childhood home. You bought with 20% down. You also gave us some numbers on the reserves. So you do 35% each month, as well as 10% to the property management. We talked about how you found the deals. So it sounds like none of the deals, maybe the first one was on the MLS. I didn't ask you how you found that one, but the yeah, second one- Yeah, that one was MLS. Okay. So first one was MLS. Second one was a off-market deal from a friend of your dad's. And then the third one, it was on market, but your dad found it by essentially driving for dollars. Yeah, um, yeah, he saw the for sale sign. We weren't looking on Zillow or anything. Yeah. And then you mentioned that now people are actually coming to you for deals because of the network you build up. So you give us some tips on the things you do to build your network. Bigger pockets, 15 minutes a day, attending meetups, starting a meetup group, Facebook groups, and just telling everyone you meet what you do in your recent activity. And then lastly, your best ever advice for someone who wants to get started, which is to start meeting people, start building your network now and following the advice you gave about how you created your network and your tip for our meetup group is consistency. So make sure you're meeting at the same place, 
having it the same time, the same day, every single month, being consistent, and you host yours at a local bar and a, uh, a restaurant. Don't forget um, social media, Facebook, meetup.com, and Bigger Pockets, any place that you can post it. Perfect. Exactly. And then posting at those sites so you find people to attend. All right, Nicole, well, I appreciate you coming on. Enjoy the rest of your day. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Theo. I've had a great time.